You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hey guys, probably weren't expecting me, uh, or just, or not just me, Joshua Balta. I'm, I'm stepping in. I'm coming in off the bench. Sixth man of the year. You know what it is. You know what it was. Brendan with it here here for you. You can follow me on uh, HU Cosell on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, uh, thanks, thank you, first off, for Balta for, for, for letting me uh, hop on here, doing some Hornets Hive stuff. Uh, I've been on the show a few times previously. So now I get the rock in my hands and I get to go full, full ISO Joe out here. So I definitely appreciate that. Uh, Maybe wish it had been under better circumstances with this with this Hornets team. Um, I, I I simply can't wrap my head around the the idea that Lamelo, who has been playing like gangbusters, right? Like he's been getting to the cup. He still is still such an outside threat. He's been averaging over thirty points a game for his last six contests. Obviously, you know what he does in terms of his his playmaking for others, which is incredibly important for a team that just doesn't have that kind of top tier talent. Well, we get Terry Rozier back and whoop, lo and behold, the same game LaMelo goes out versus Orlando. And it's just, there does come a point where I can't think that this is just bad luck. There, there has to be a point. And, and, and Hey, we we're missing Rozier. No, now it's Gordon Hayward. Now it's LaMelo. Oh, Mark Williams is going to miss. It just seems to be somebody different every time. And I get, I get that it's basketball. It's 82 games uh, for a regular season and things happen. Guys get hurt. That's just what it is. The travel, the pounding, the back-to-back nights. I get it. But it nothing was more clear to me that, that there seems to be an issue maybe more than just luck with the uh, the Knicks game. As Eric Collins and Dale, Dale Curry mentioned, by the way, I love them as a, as a broadcast duo. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think they're the best broadcast duo because imagine how I still enjoy listening to them and the horse has been terrible for a really long time. And I still enjoy Eric Collins and Dale Curry kind of walking me through what's going on. The, the energy is very real. The love you can tell is there. Uh, Curry's been there, obviously, uh, played there. Collins uh, covered the team for a long time. And the fact that they can still get me excited about this team is kudos to them, man. Kudos to them for real. But they pointed out that the Knicks had nobody on their on their injury report and we're sitting there um obviously cody martin who i don't know what's going on with him like it just doesn't seem like there's been a lot of communication about that he's been gone for a really long time it was this is starting back from last season went on the injury reserve came back and then uh went on the injury report came back and then was and didn't finish the season uh, uh in, in playing clothes as well you got him. Obviously, you have LaMelo. Terry Rozier just got back off of that. Uh, Nick Richards, who is a very integral part to our lineup. It's him and, and Williams. They really don't have another center on the on the roster. They had JT Thor out there for a little bit. I know they played P.J. Washington, that kind of stretch five thing. I think that the numbers, particularly from last year, about defensively with him at that position, just they don't seem to indicate something that is – that can that that works long term. It just doesn't seem to work long term for them. And so 
even missing reserve guys is a lot. And I get that it feels more detrimental when it's the Hornets missing guys because there there isn't that top-tier talent. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, man, why does it seem to hurt so much more when we're missing guys? Well, it's because we're already kind of at the, at the you know, kind of Mendoza line of talent. And so once you start taking away people, it doesn't even have to be LaMelo, right? Once you start taking away people, it, it goes downhill really, really quickly. And and having LaMelo as the guy that's out is really ridiculous. This guy was on an all-star pace. Uh, you know, he, he had been at – he had talked about how healthy he felt in the offseason. And so he came in like gangbusters and has played extremely well. There's still that narrative about him. And I think most of this, you know, particularly from the national folks, I think a lot of this comes from just genuinely not watching him play that much. Uh, you can't watch everybody. I'm not saying that as a as a as a slight to anybody, but to say things like he doesn't play winning basketball when their their team record is so much better when he's on the court, at that feels very short sighted. Uh, but you can you you're missing all of these guys consistently, and then you look at a team like the Clippers, right? And I know we're not LA. I know the the Hornets are not a destination city for free agents. I get it, but that team has Harden, Russ. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. There's other guys on that team that I like a lot, but like they, they have those guys on that squad. So if they can go and miss two of their superstars, which they very frequently do, particularly with Kawhi's, uh, when they try to uh, you know use some some prophylactic measures to make sure that he's not hurt, not playing the second half of, uh, I mean the 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 second of back to back games. Paul George says his his injury history as disheartened and rust because they they're just deeper into their careers, but they can, they can respond and be okay. Right. That's the thing. They can be okay without guys. The Hornets can't. And at some point I, I, I want a real reason why they can't stay healthy. And I want a real reason why there doesn't seem to be a backup plan. And, and I guess a literally a backup plan. They were playing McGowan's and Ish Smith. Like, Heavy minutes, like in the first half. Like, this was their idea. Their idea was, oh, we're going to sign Ish Smith and he's going to cook for us. And I get you, everybody gets strapped. Ish Smith was going to, was going to play at some point anyway. Uh, I thought, I was hoping that most of his contributions would be off the court. About having a veteran that's been in so many locker rooms, even if as, as a last second signing, I think there is value there over the course of a season having somebody that's just, been other places, got that veteran that veteran presence. It's not that the Hornets are, are a super young team because those, you know, obviously Williams, Lamelo is younger, but you got Rozier and Hayward. And, like, you you have guys that have been around in the league. So they're not, like, pups, right? They're, 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 they're not. But I thought that would be kind of mostly his main role, in part because of Nick Smith, right? Like, they drafted him in the first round for a reason. And he's he's done some time in the G League. And so now I kind of felt like, hey, this is his time. And for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, this is the same issue that I had with Steve Clifford when they rehired him the first time. Or they, they rehired him. Well, I guess you rehired somebody the first time. You just after you fire. But uh, my issue was he leans too heavily on veteran players, particularly early in the season. And so you don't see that development from the younger players. Hey, he misses a defensive assignment, pull him out. They don't get to play through those 
through those bad stretches. They don't get to play through mistakes. You have to be able to do that if you're going to get better. Yes, practice 100%. You have to show you have to show something in practice. Agreed. You have to be willing to work. Agreed. But also as a coach, because he's had this rep for a second now. Hey, it's time to it's it's time to play the younger people. And if you know that you are in a development phase, which it feels very very obvious that 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 the Hornets are, then you need to you you need to develop them. You need to play them. You can't just stash everybody in the G League and expect them to be uh, completely competent NBA players as soon as you roll them out there on the court. It's going to take time. I actually really appreciate it how Brandon Miller's been handled. Now, I think some of that was out of necessity, right? Bridges was out early. Rozier was out early. And so that wing position that I thought was going to be a pl- place of strength hasn't been. It's, it's been a little bit of a musical chair sort of a thing. And now they're going to be playing Rozier a lot at that point, which is something he really struggled with last year. And you saw his efficiency just fall off a cliff like a blind roofer. Like just, I mean, just, just, I mean, just, it was too much for him. You know, just because you are capable of playmaking for others and you are a guard doesn't really mean you're a point guard. It certainly doesn't mean you should be running the show at such a high usage rate. I thought that was the reason that he that he struggled shooting the ball. But the idea that you're not going to play Nick Smith more, uh, who has shown flash, right? Even at the end of that New York game, even at the end of that Knicks game, where it's, yes, it's. I'll say it's garbage time with the with the end season tournament. I'll get to that in a little bit, but with the end season tournament and and the uh, the point differential being a, an important thing, they, they I think they were up. I mean, they were fifteen points, whatever it was, in the last two minutes of that game, and they still had their starters out there, right? But the, but those but I'll, I'll I'll concede that those aren't as important minutes as early on in the game when it's still up for grabs. And keep in mind, I respect the hell out of the fact that Hornets keep fighting. I think in three of their wins, they were down significant double digits. So good for fighting back. Maybe not great for getting down double digits in the first place, but they fought back even in the Knicks game that they ultimately lost. They they got back into, I think it was a one, it was a one possession game in the second half after really getting blitzed and being down about 20 or so earlier in that game but there has to be a better plan to be able to roll out I, I you can't be rolling out in the year of our lord 2023 ishman as your primary backup point guard that's you're doing a disservice to everybody and essentially that's a personnel decision that's mitch kupchick uh and i wonder they made the they made hell they made an ownership change right michael jordan sells his majority stake they made the the the, the change in head coach uh, how many more folks are uh, are left, right? Like from the from the earlier regime, how many people are left? And you can you can be upset with it if you want to be. That's how this goes. Hey, we changed this. This has changed. We got to change you. It's 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 kind of a it's kind of a you know musical chair sort of a thing. Because eventually that music is going to stop, and I just I just don't see the 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 talent necessary. So it's a combination of. I don't know if there's enough talent on this roster. Sure. And there are issues with trying to pick up free agents. I understand that that's that they have to overspend sometimes uh, over overspend on the premium for guys that eh, probably not. Right. Kind of the Gordon Hayward thing where everybody was surprised that he that he decided to, to opt out of his contract. And he did so because 
the Hornets were going to come in with that big number that no one else was going to. And that was probably the only way they could get Hayward. I don't regret the Hayward signing. He has played really poorly this year. Uh, and I don't know if it's just age and injury because his foot speed, which was never off, you know, he was, he was, he was never that guy. Right. But it's, it's, it's slowed considerably. Uh, and if he's not scoring, I think he's averaging around seven points a game over the last four or five games. If you're not going to score, you're not – he was never a great defender, but he was – I thought he was a pretty solid defender earlier in his career. That seems like it is it is deteriorated at, at a more rapid pace than anything else. And then you add to that his trouble scoring, it can be difficult to play him, uh, especially because I came into the season, and I talked about, about this uh, in the preseason. I came into the season thinking, hey, it'd be great if they could – move off of Hayward's just the last remaining this year of his contract and just get an asset in a similar way that they did with Plumlee. Like, Hey, you're not going to be resigned here. That is clear, right? The timelines of what's going on with your career and what's going on with the rest of this team, they don't coincide, but maybe if, if Hayward can hang up, you know, 16, five and five on a regular basis, a team that feels like it's maybe one player away, a team that might be maybe lose somebody over the course of the season, that could be a, a more Hayward could be a very attractive player for them to pick up, and the Hornets would would ultimately be able to get something kind of for nothing, a little bit, just for just a, just a little bit, and that's clearly not going to happen with the way that he's playing. I thought they'd be able to showcase him, and I thought he'd be able to. That's not going on right now, and so it's it just feels it's 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 just it's tough. Because it doesn't seem like there is an, an easy way that this team is going to improve. LaMelo, I think the number I heard was two weeks, one to two weeks uh, with that with that injury. We'll see what that what happens with that. I, I, I don't you know, I, I don't know after the Cody Martin thing where he was supposed to be back out a few weeks and then just radio silence and stuff. I don't know how comfortable I feel with any assessment of players before I actually see them in a jersey on the court. But it just feels like. One, in, we were one injury away from real trouble, and this team just isn't very good without Lamelo. And that's not a breaking story. He's an all-star player. I understand that, but it would be great if the team just had an idea. Hey, especially with Lamelo's history, right? Like, just let's be, let's keep it a stack. He's had his own injury history and in, early in his career. So for you not to have a viable option as a backup, or at least somebody that you. You know, A. Smith was a late signing. So what what was the plan, even if you just needed, you know, just a rotational, just a rotational change? Where where was that plan? And there just doesn't seem to be a plan. The personnel I have I have real questions with. Um and it's it's just disappointing. Cause I honestly, it's the NC's a tournament that also has me a little bit more in my feels if I'm keeping it, keeping it real. Because one, let's be this. I'm going to be candid with you guys. I would never lie to you guys. That's not true. I certainly would. But I'm not going to lie to you about this. I thought the in-season tournament was just going to be nonsense. I did. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand how this was going to suddenly make a regular season any more interesting. Like, I'm watching regular season games anyway, but I understand that they don't make this change for, for people that like me that watch a ton of games. They do it for people that maybe don't start watching until Christmas. And, like, uh, and, and the and – the, the complaint is pretty much always the same season too long. They're not trying as hard. Like they're just kind of going through the motions. This is a really long season. I don't have the kind of 
emotional wherewithal to invest in a team for 82 games over this many months. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so the NCAA tournament to me, especially when you juxtapose that with the all-star game, which we've seen some real lackluster performances and efforts from guys. So I was thinking, you know, they're going to have an NCAA tournament. It's the first one. I don't think anybody's really going to care about it. And that's not true. They do seem to genuinely care about it. I could probably do without some of the some of the courts and stuff, some of the extra court stuff. But I think that they do that so you can really kind of get into a different mentality and maybe even some somewhat for the players. The five hundred thousand dollars. I maybe I just don't understand. I, I'm surprised. And LeBron brought it up in, in, in one of his early interviews as they you know, after their first after the Lakers first uh, win in the turn in season tournament. It was like, and the $500,000. And I'm just like, you're a billionaire. I mean, like, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you needed that 500 stacks. I'm not trying to count your money or anything, but I just genuinely didn't think that that would move a lot of guys. Even if you're not LeBron, there's a whole bunch of people that are multi, multi hundred millionaires. And just, I didn't think 500,000 would move the needle. I was wrong. Cause they, I've, I've seen players mention it multiple times uh, over the course of this thing. Uh, and so the the end season tournament has has been has seemingly been a success, and I'm looking forward to next year's. But my issue with it was it gave me, and this is my own fault because I should know better as a as a as a Charlotte Hornets fan. It gave me hope, right? Because technically, even in that Knicks game, if the the Hornets had won by enough, they had still could have maybe gotten into the wild card. But it was the idea, and then they had that first win versus the Wizards. It was the idea that, hey, I know that we're not about to win anybody's NBA title anytime soon. That is obvious and clear. But with this kind of round robin, single elimination combination of stuff, it's like, well, you know, we could maybe make a run at this, right? Like, hey, if everything kind of comes together smoothly, obviously the, the injuries completely, completely dusted that. But if everything comes together smoothly we can get a win here, get a win there. And suddenly we're in a, a single elimination tournament, which is essentially Mark, March madness. Yeah. Why not? We could do that. We, we could, we, that we could do, we're not going to win a four out of seven, three or four times or whatever it is. That's not going to happen, but like get hot at the right time, win a couple regular season games that end up counting for the end season tournament that could happen. And I think that that's what has disappointed me so much. It's like, man, like, you didn't even give yourself a chance to do that because you didn't have a backup plan for the guy that's hurt all the time. And at some point it has to come, it has to be something else. Like it just, it can't be. And I don't know if it's training staff stuff and the Pelicans have suffered with some of this stuff too. It's not just the Hornets. It's not just my own, you know, my own personal fandom, which has me a little rattled on this. It, the Pelicans have the same way. CJ McCollum has been out. And, um, Ingram has missed time. Obviously, everybody knows about Zion and stuff like that. But it's not even just those guys, Herb Jones. And uh, it, it's it's a whole bunch of people on that team that can't seem to all get healthy at one time. And at some point, yeah, I do wonder, is is this uh, an indication of something that is, that's more systemic than just bad luck? Because that's that's not re- I, I've been telling myself that for now going on years. And I mean, that's not a real response. That's not a real answer. Um, and so that's that is at least a question I would love to 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 just have. I don't know if it'll be an athletic trainer for at, at that level that I would need to talk to. I don't know if there's something wrong with the evaluations of players that they're doing beforehand where they're not recognizing, hey, this guy's a little more injury prone or I don't know what it is. Obviously, hey, we had his stuff walking into the door but 
but I don't know if it's the evaluations. I don't know if it's if it's them not getting the proper treatment, but something is amiss where you cannot stay healthy for two, three damn weeks. Nah, that's not luck no more. No, that's that's indication of something larger. And and that bothers me. I want to talk about something that has that I enjoy because I don't want this whole thing to be me uh crapping on the hornets, although I certainly could do that. Uh Brandon Miller. I mentioned him a little bit earlier in terms of his development. I've appreciated how much time he's gotten on the court, even when he hasn't, you know, there have been times when he has looked kind of lost a little bit, but he had a good game versus the Knicks. He's you're seeing the three pointer. Like at first it, it was a little concerning, but you're seeing him become more and more comfortable with that. Uh, I'd like to see him work on his handle a little bit more because going to the left in, in particular, because he's going to, to me, he, he's going to be a guy that's going to kind of get to his spot and pull up. Right, there's going to be a lot of that. So some combination of like, I don't know, like Danny Granger, right? Good player, very good player. Had a short career due to injury, but a very good player. Never blew you away with that with his athleticism. I think Brandon Miller is a good athlete. I don't think he's a great athlete. I think he's a good athlete, though. And, a, and I think his shooting capability could make him a, an exceptional player, depending on how things go. He will need to add some weight and get, get stronger, obviously, because he looks – it's it's wild to say this now, but he looks like a rookie, right? Some some rookies come in and you they just they have that grown man body and stuff like that, and you're like, okay, well, I don't know how that's possible. I remember what I looked like in 19, but fair enough. But Miller's going to be a guy that's going to have to going to have to increase his strength. But he looks like a really solid pick. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, he, he's not going to be in the rookie of the year conversation. I think that's going to be Chet's. Like he's just like the efficiency. On, on on that kid uh and he just he just has a like a he's got a little bit of a, like a i don't even want to say swag it's just a confidence it's just a flat out confidence that yeah i belong here and you don't usually you have to see a guy build that kind of thing up particularly if he misses first year in the league you know if he got hurt missed his entire first year so he's still eligible for the rookie year but you don't usually see a guy step into the league with that kind of confidence he does have that kind of confidence uh, Triple J down in Miami has been really, really good for them. He's got that old man game, which I was not sure what, how it was going to translate because I, I mentioned Miller not being a great athlete. It's like it's, it's, he's an all, uh, Triple J is like a, an all right athlete, but he's just he just seems to have, and maybe this is part of that going to school for. I think he went to for, to school for all four years. Maybe it's part of that because he just has a maturation about his game. He's got an old man game, but it works really well for him on that Miami Heat team. So I don't think Miller is, is going to be in the conversation. You know, I'm sure Wimby will have some insane numbers, uh, uh, you know, throughout the year. But Miller, I think it can be a really good, productive basketball player for this team. I just, I you know, I'm a little concerned about what's going to be going on around him. But I, I think that he could. I think that he could do something and and, and be a, a cornerstone for this team for some time. And hopefully he and LaMelo can click and, you know, kind of a, a synergy can occur. I'm also interested now that LaMelo's gone. We saw him a little bit. Uh, I, I mentioned Nick Smith. I saw James Booknight at the end of the Knicks game. There, there is a general consensus that if it doesn't work this year, it's not going to happen. Eric Collins said as much during the broadcast. So this is not a secret. It's, hey, this is the year. Show and prove. You've had injuries. You've had off-court stuff. Show and prove. Uh, 
but you have to let him play. And you see some of that offensive firepower, offensive firepower that they could certainly use now that LaMelo's gone. Maybe now, out of just sheer necessity, we'll see him a little bit more and he can play a little bit more and maybe get his confidence up, right? I mentioned Chet, a rookie coming in with this big confidence. Well, Book is on the other end of that spectrum because he came in and he's had some success, like some small successes, some big games here or there. But his confidence is, is can't be very high when he's buried on a team that is not very talented. And so maybe, maybe we'll get a chance to see him uh, as 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 Lamelo goes out, or if, or if they 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 want to to move move some of the stuff around, maybe put uh, I guess they will put Rozier back at that point. Book there. I'm just interested to see that. And and and, and finally, Mark Williams. They got it right. They flat out got it right. Defensively, he's he's the real deal. Uh, he just he plays within himself. You don't see him out there trying to be a stretch anything, not trying to pick and pop. He rolls hard, plays really – I mentioned plays really good defense is a, is a terror on the boards. He's just consistently racking up double-doubles. That really set me at ease, watching him play at the end of last season where I was like, okay, they finally got the center position right. The signing of Richards, granted he's hurt now, but the signing of Richards gave them depth and gave me them two centers that play very similarly. So you're not having to you're not, you know, if you're LaMelo, you don't have to change. Okay, well, this guy likes the ball here, and this guy like no, they're essentially the same guy, rim runners and 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 guys that are gonna dunk the ball, uh, and 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 defend the rim as well, which they could definitely use. The defense is, has has left a lot to be desired. But if you're looking for something to be excited about, those are my three things. Those are my three takeaways that maybe just maybe they can they can figure some stuff out while LaMelo was out. And so that when ball comes back, you know, maybe may we see maybe Book Knight can be a part of this, uh, a part of this thing. Maybe Williams, well, Williams is already playing well. I, I, I don't really expect anything else out of him. But maybe once guys get back, which is, again, a refrain I've been saying for quite some time, maybe they can start to look like a real team. It's still really early in the season. And so I'm not trying to just, you know, pull the rip cord so soon. I I still believe that there is enough talent on this team to be right at the playoffs. Whether or not they're going to make it or not, stretches like this are kind of when you just, when teams decide, hey, we're not at full strength, but if we can win the games we're supposed to win, hey, let's make sure that we, you know, we we beat Detroit or or we beat the, like make sure we beat the teams that we're supposed to beat. Maybe they'll be in a position by I don't know, by Christmas to still make a run and, um, and, and get into it. Uh, guys, I wanted to say thank you. I really, really appreciate you you listening to me. I had, I've had i had so much fun talking about the Hornets. You know, uh, Balta, thank you for throwing me the alley. You knew I was going to finish this giant. Uh, yeah, just I just don't 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 completely eject on the on the season yet. I know it is considering the history. It is very easy to do so. But like just everybody just pump the brakes just a little bit and just see how we fare once LaMelo is back. If he's only going to be gone about a week and change, he's only going to miss a handful of games. This doesn't necessarily have to be the iceberg of the Titanic of this season. They can they can come through and 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 be like Kate Winslet. Just find a, you know, find a nice, nice little little door that you certainly could have shared with Jack. But she's somehow the hero. 
don't love that. Seems like a murder to me. But just, but just shared the, shared the, shared the board with your boy. I mean, he was, he was out here, out here, you know, running around, running from, from your fiance, which, sis, you was doing a lot. <laughs> you were doing a lot. But, uh, but, but thank you again to to Hornets Hive, and 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 thank you again to Balta, and uh, I guess I will see you guys uh, the next time. That seems that seems good. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by the League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.